Hello and welcome to the third episode in International Airport Review's podcast series. My name is Tara Nolan, editor of International Airport Review and your host today. There are a few topics within the airport industry that are extremely relevant for all airports, regardless of size or location. One of these, which I'm sure you will agree, is passenger experience. The passenger experience must be a good one if an airport is to continue being successful. However, as passenger expectations change and the digital era demands constant connectivity and real-time information, how an airport must satisfy its passenger is changing. Today, I'm going to speak to Brian Cobb from Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky International Airport and Kenton County Airport Board regarding the challenges airports face in creating a flawless customer experience and which aspects within airport operations must adapt and develop. Let's begin. Hi Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. To start off with, could you give us a brief overview of your role as Vice President of Customer Experience at Kenton County Airport Board and Chief Innovation Officer at Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport? What does a normal day entail for you? Certainly, Tara, and uh, thank you for having me. So on the CVG side of the house, we very much realized that we had to create a brand, which is um, somewhat unusual for an airport. Typically, it's kind of a marketing role. But we realized that we had to create a brand for our consumer and understanding that they have choices specifically around the Cincinnati demographic region. So very much the focus was on experience and recognizing that we had to deliver something that was highly competitive, still cost effective, and truly into that desirable seamless journey over the course of time. And we certainly were successful with that. And to your point on what does the average day look like, it very much found ourselves in a situation where we were looking at startups. And that begat really the innovation space and the opportunity for us to begin and dabble in the startup space and realizing that really kind of a a harmonious talent and technology could certainly influence tomorrow's travel and subsequently really kind of creating this innovation role at this point. That's amazing. So what do you see as the biggest challenges that an airport has to face when trying to create a flawless customer experience? It's a very heady goal, if you will. And uh, the biggest challenge is, frankly, is the sheer capacity and volume. Without a doubt, the industry is, is rapidly expanding by all sense of the word. So from that perspective, we have to strive. We as the industry have to strive to do things differently. And it's okay, frankly. And what I've encouraged our staff is to embrace what's happening outside the industry. What other organizations, such as hoteliers or travel and leisure organizations, et cetera, What are they doing differently and and dramatically uh, different to really kind of upstage what is taking place in their marketplace? And how do they differentiate themselves? So if we think of really about the uh, what's happened in the Silicon Valley with startup technology and those types of examples, how can we make sure that that plays into the aviation space and we're accelerating the need? Now, with that vast passenger growth that we have, naturally the day-to-day becomes somewhat chaotic that we're all rushing to meet the need of today's passenger, but we really have to look out for the future of tomorrow's customer and recognizing that we have a brand responsibility and how can we differentiate ourselves And at the same rate, what are we doing for our brothers and sisters around the world in the aviation space to make sure that we're all coming along at the same time and somewhat at the same pace so that our consumer, our mutual consumer, doesn't experience just a significant difference from one part of the globe to the other when they travel by air? 
how key would you say collaboration is in tackling the challenges that you've just mentioned? Critical. From an introvert by nature, I have found very quickly that while networking was very painful for me on a personal level, I recognized that very quickly I couldn't do it by myself and I certainly couldn't do it quietly. So I did have to establish and get out of my comfort zone, if you will, and have to establish that network of just colleagues, frankly, around the globe and internally that could really help push the agenda. As we were sharing ideas, it became much more about actually going to do as opposed to just talking about theory relentlessly, because that does become exhausting. It's one thing to just talk about the future, but if we're not doing anything to advance what the future holds, then we're really not doing our job and we're not doing our customer service, if you will. So we definitely have to collaborate on all levels. And I I highly suggest to all of my colleagues that outside industry is okay to embrace because there are other organizations that are doing things far faster, far quicker, far more efficient, and far more effective when it comes to that customer experience level. Yeah, of course. It's a really interesting way to look at it. So in your opinion, which elements within the airport experience have the biggest impact on customer satisfaction? Sure. The obvious, uh, especially for the domestic U.S., is is our scenario and at the security checkpoint. As ACI and ASQ, Airport Service Quality Surveys, would suggest bad experience at the security checkpoint certainly alludes to what the rest of the experience will have. And we just can't afford to lose ground from that perspective. So in the US, in CDG specifically, we have a fantastic working relationship with the Transportation Security Administration, TSA, in making sure that we are trying to work collaboratively together. Absolutely back to your last question. What is it that we as the airport bring to the table? And that's data that we can share with our TSA friends, and that's scheduling, that we can find that harmonious path that says, this is how we effectively staff a checkpoint and we process consumers very, very efficiently. It's critical that our security teams recognize that they are producing a widget, they're producing a product. And if the consumer shows up today and it's 15 minutes, but tomorrow with really no change in in activity or what have you, and it's 35 minutes, Why is that? It's just that classic, well, that product's not necessarily reliable to me. And it creates that level of anxiety that's entirely unacceptable. So we really have to work and refine those security processes and bring civility back to air travel. Now, once that's done, naturally, many other aspects fall into place. And that's how do we reduce the number of queues that we have? How do we maximize revenue and truly make airports an experience as opposed to just a utility, something that customers routinely for years have just passed through? We need to make it more meaningful. And certainly airports around the world are doing that by creating that sense of place and sense of enjoyment. So how important is customer satisfaction going to be regarding securing the airport industry's place in the future of transport as other modes get more competitive? Do you think a better experience will mean more to the customer in comparison to cost, for example? Certainly there's an implication to customer experience. I'd be hesitant to say cost because we we all recognize that price sensitivity truly is driving, bringing a new demographic to aviation. We don't have to look much further than the ultra low cost carriers around the globe that certainly brought a new demographic that just isn't familiar with air travel. 
Now, because of that, certainly the influences, once we've captured that new audience, how do we retain that new audience? To your point, as other modes of transportation come into play, are we working, again, I'll use the term harmonious, are we working in a harmonious approach to make sure that those modes aren't eating away at air traffic or air travel, but certainly complementing? I would suggest, you know, to some extent, Hyperloop or even vertical takeoff and landing activity on a small passenger drone. How are we, the airports, prepared to integrate them into our environment to make sure that we truly are that multimodal type of transportation hub? Obviously, many airports around the globe already have rail service in and out of the airport. So these are just a few more steps. So we have to be complementary. I would suggest it means that collaboration aspect and going back and recognizing as these types of new modes are coming into the transportation influence, how are we working with them to encourage them to work with the airports to make sure that we're supporting that seamless journey and focusing on that customer delivery and ultimately making it an affordable choice as opposed to just a cacophony of different approaches and frustration for the consumer. Do you think some airports will be reluctant to work alongside those modes? Uh, Certainly. You know, but with the uh, Hyperloop just about a year ago, it was kind of a laugh, if you will. Not too many people were aware of it, nor did they give it a, a second look. But certainly Hyperloop is gaining a tremendous amount of attention very, very fast. In a marketplace like CBG, it could very well take over our transportation lines from Cincinnati to Chicago, which is a relatively short hop. It's about an hour's flight. Hyperloop could certainly, you know, replace that in the blink of an eye. Chicago is also our most traveled destination out of our city. So what do we do in that situation to make sure that we're not losing market share? I would highly suggest, and we are in the process of doing that, of as Hyperloop is, is coming into further discussions, we're encouraging that discussion to occur in and around CBG, not only from a passenger perspective, but also from the cargo aspect that certainly those two elements could complement each other. Obviously, CBG is a major cargo hub for DHL, and now Amazon Prime is their first global air cargo hub at CBG. That provides a tremendous opportunity for us to really kind of backstop both passenger and cargo needs with an alternative mode of transportation and making CBG a multimodal airport, if you will. That's an exciting concept, this multimodal airports of the future. I think it could be really exciting for the transport industry as a whole. Uh, Tremendously. And those are the aspects of if we continue to push the agenda and we have to take these new modes of transportation very, very serious and watch them very closely to see how they can complement our business. Otherwise, it's that classic, if they go overlooked and we just um, don't really give them consideration, certainly we can find ourselves as a, as a VHS type situation as the CD disc was, was coming into play. So we, we don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we're expiring before our time. Yeah, definitely. So a buzzword that is kind of frequenting the industry, and I think you have actually already said it, is seamless. So there's seamless travel, seamless flow. Do you believe that there will be a time when a travelling passenger endures no queues at all within the airport experience? Let's say I'm highly optimistic. Um, <laughs> I, I do believe that it's our responsibility to chase after those queueless queues. Really, we're all chasing after a very similar sentiment. However, we have to make sure that we're not doing it in silos and, and we're not doing it in really kind of a disparate approach. So what does that mean? 
we as the airports have to work much closely with what much more closely with our airline tenant partners to make sure of what new technology are they looking at and how can we perhaps facilitate that or better yet what could the airport or should the airport bring to the table that facilitates on behalf of all of the airline tenants because it truly is again our shared customer relation it's that mutual customer that we're all working out for especially in an environment where, at least in the domestic US, the major airlines are kind of retrancing back to their primary hubs and largely contracting out that labor force in the spoke cities, if you will. Obviously, Europe and the Asian markets and the Middle East have already kind of gone to that mode. U.S. is kind of lagging behind as far as contracts, but nonetheless, we as the airports have to take that ombudsman approach and making sure that we're looking out. Now, from a seamless perspective, think about what blockchain can certainly mean. And, and obviously, with the growth and rapid acceleration and acceptance of biometrics, particularly facial recognition, what are we going to do to make sure that that helps in the seamless journey? And ultimately, that's, I suspect, going to drive some additional changes that already we're seeing some minor backlash around the concerns of facial recognition. So we prepared for how do we jump to the next evolution of what biometrics screening means. And very quickly, we're already suggesting, at least from the CBG perspective, is are there multiple levels of biometrics that we can incorporate into this process as opposed to just one form? You know, we're very comfortable in already releasing our fingerprint, potentially our palm, our heart rate to our phone. So could we, should we be incorporating our smart devices into this process as opposed to creating something totally different, totally new from a hardware perspective in the airport? So we have options, but is anyone collectively working and sitting down to forecast what that future holds and make sure that we're looking out for the consumer privacy and ultimately pushing for that seamless journey that absolutely has to occur. So you've just mentioned a few technologies there. If you had to pick one, which do you think will be the most influential in securing seamless travel? I absolutely, hands down, have to say biometrics. Um, I am certainly concerned that facial recognition as a standalone is not going to survive on its own. So we have to, we as the industry have to embrace other forms of biometrics and frankly, allowing the consumer to choose which form of biometrics will they use to authenticate their identification. So it's all very feasible, and there are no less than 12 different forms of human biometric capability identifications that we can use in today's environment. However, no one's necessarily pushing that agenda. So you've already released information probably to your smart device. Should we be working perhaps with the smart device companies in a very secure, logical manner that says, how do we start incorporating that device and a two-factor authentication with the consumer that the consumer says, well, today for my travel through CBG, I'm going to verify my identity through my iris, through my heartbeat, which is unique to myself, and my palm scan. Again, palm scan is much more effective and accurate than a fingerprint. That's my choice as, as Brian Cobb. However, someone else may say, I'm completely fine with facial recognition. I'll go iris and I'll go thumbprint. So how do we incorporate and embrace those new technologies that says it's just not one form factor, it's multiple factors, and we're allowing the consumer to make that choice. Yeah, of course. And then to what extent will you have to persuade the consumer that it is safe? 
Are passengers reluctant to share all of these things with an airport? I would certainly say in today's environment, yes, especially with some of the drama that's occurred in the media. However, we have to recognize, too, we're out for their best interest. And by giving the consumer a choice, and I would suggest that you don't really have to look much further than some of the headlines just over the past several months that talks about, is facial recognition as secure as what we think it is? So are we just one breach away from a bunch of data that's around facial recognition that suddenly the public outcry is, I'm not happy, I'm not satisfied, nor do I want to participate in facial recognition anymore. That will have a far-reaching impact very, very fast. So we have to start moving in the direction of, in the interest of making sure that if information is breached, that there is an alternative backup. Also, and our breach is certainly not an acceptable environment, so we have to make sure that we're making cybersecurity strides. But also, let's make sure that we're not falling and slipping into this inaccurate recognition or, frankly, profiling. There is a lot of sensitivity around facial recognition and profiling. So we have to recognize from the consumer perspective, if you're not comfortable, I, we, as an industry, are giving you an alternative to identify yourself. But we're certainly sensitive to the security requirements, so we're going to go the extra step and at least look for a two-factor or perhaps a three-factor identification to make sure that it's you. And once your travel journey is finished, then all of that information is complete and erased, and tomorrow you can select a completely different three-factor identification for your journey or even for your transaction. And I would suggest this kind of goes back to your collaboration comment, Tara, which is... How do we go outside industry and how do we recognize to partner with rental cars, other modes of transportation, such as the train systems, et cetera, that all require a level of safety, security, and a business transaction to really kind of embrace this multi-factor identification process and ultimately a payment. That would capstone basically with a blockchain environment. Really interesting. So, Brian, I think we should end on a controversial question. Which airport has given you the best experience so far? Oh, wow, that's tough. Do I have to pick one? (laughs) I'll let you have three. (laughs) Uh, That's perfect, actually. So certainly I I cannot say enough about my colleagues um, in Changi, in London Heathrow, and certainly Munich. Each of them brings such a different and vast and successful approach to how to do business, how to conduct business, but more importantly, how to kind of take that business element and make sure that the customer feels very, very appreciated. And that despite our ills in the industry and sometimes the challenges, we're going the extra mile to really push the envelope to encourage really what the future of air travel holds. So credit to the Heathrow team as far as the biometrics aspect and really pushing that agenda. Of course, our friends in Munich and establishing the lab campus and really driving change in what an airport can become as far as potentially, my term, a holdings company and being so diverse in their portfolio of services. And then our friends at Changi that just have done a tremendous job of looking out for the consumer experience and really pushing that envelope of what air travel can be especially really in a connecting environment. So an incredibly proud group of individuals for the country of Singapore that recognize they have a very captive audience for a short amount of time. How do they make that stay just a tremendously uh, recognizable and a rewarding experience during that short period? 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Brian. That was really good. I really enjoyed that conversation. I appreciate it, Tara, very much. Well, thank you so much, and we will speak soon. Well, that concludes this episode of International Airport Reviews podcast. Many thanks to Brian for his time and for answering the controversial question honestly. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. Every airport has an aspect that they can develop, a line of communication that could be enhanced, collaborations to secure and new passengers to impress. I hope this podcast episode with Brian has helped you decide your next step in the journey we are on to cement seamless travel. Let me remind you that this podcast is available on our website, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Whilst you listen, double check you are subscribed to receive a free copy of our magazine and join us on our social media channels. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I look forward to the next episode.